white Porsche, white wrist, white horse. Hi, bitch. We are Hi, back bitch. for another episode, Hi, and we're going to change bitch. things up on this one. So usually how this goes is I'm the host. I control everything. I um, And as somebody pointed out in one of the threads, or maybe it was in the chat, that they wouldn't come on the podcast because, or not that they wouldn't come on the podcast, but they know not to argue with me because I can change the subject whenever I please, which is not true. I change the subject because I look at the clock and I realize, oh, we're, we're approaching or we're going to end up hitting two hours on this one. Better um, keep it moving. And the other thing, my throat hurts at the end of like an hour or so when we're talking like this. So um, I brought in a new person. He hasn't been on the podcast before. Uh, I found him in Forks, Washington. This is not a joke. Uh, his name is T-Money, and he's going to be the moderator for this one. And he'll throw in his opinions if he has any. Uh, but otherwise, he's just going to ask questions. And uh, how this works is we made a Google document and sent it out and said, add your questions. And we have about, uh, how many questions do we have now? 41? 40. Yeah. There's 41 questions now, and we're going to try to get to all of them. Not all of them are good, by the way. And we're going to leave it the way it is because I want you guys to, to see what people have to contribute and maybe what you could contribute. We didn't say, like, you have to ask a specific kind of question. We said ask a question. And uh, this is what we got. So, um, T-Money, you have anything to say before we start going? Uh, no, not really. Just ready to get into these fantastic questions. All right. All right, well... Take it away. Okay. Uh, question one is actually, I think, a real question. Uh, okay. So, does Jorge Linares really have a chance against Mikey? He skipped after the, the first question. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I think, do you I want think, me to ask the first question? Because I'd love to ask the first question. Just hint at what the first question is, and okay. we can skip it. Um, have you... Okay, so let's see here. Who is the most popular... I don't know how to do this one. How big is Roy's member? How's that? Okay, that's what the first question is. Uh, All right, yeah, so the, okay, the first real question is: Do you think Jorge Linares really stands a chance against Mikey after the performance that Campbell put on? Linares didn't look as dominant as we expected. Uh, that's from Jimmy. I have no idea who Jimmy is. Okay, so first of all, let's just address the elephant in the room right now, and that is that you just pronounce Linares like you're Harold Letterman. Linares. <laughs> 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 Wait, well, how do you say it then? Linares. Linares, sorry. Okay, right. so I I don't I think um Jimmy's right. I think what he's indicating is that Linares probably is the underdog and he was always going to be the underdog against Mikey Garcia. And I think the the th- the takeaway from the fight is that Linares has even less of a chance than we thought against Mikey because we've seen that I mean w- what we know about it from the past, he can be dropped, he can be cut. You know, if you take him into a tough fight, make it rough, it's really tough for him. Uh, and uh, I think uh, going forward, I think what we saw Luke Campbell able to time him and counterpunch against him, Mike, you'd have no problem with him. Okay. So I actually, I didn't watch the last fight between Campbell and Linares. Did I say that right? Um, yeah. Because I was out at the bars, so I don't really have much of an opinion here. But I'm just going to say, yeah, you're right. Um <laughs> Next next question comes from Gleb. It's a good one. Uh, what is game plan and why do you need one? Featuring like Joseph Gleb. Parker and the white Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Huey Fury. Uh, 
I think Glenn is pointing to the fact that um, it seemed like Joseph Parker and Huey Fury literally didn't train for their fights. They were in great shape, at least. They were able to go 12 rounds, but um, I'm not sure what the plan was. Uh, I didn't see a plan, actually, and I think Gleb is trying to say that he didn't see one either. Please tell yeah. me you wasted your time watching this fight. Oh, yeah. I, uh, it was my birthday. I woke up and I watched this uh, fight on my birthday. birthday. Thanks. And it was a terrible start to my birthday. It, it, did so, it finish that way? Uh, no, I finished watching a weird Celtic band at a bar, and I wouldn't have traded it for anything because there was people wearing like kilts and stuff. It was fantastic. All right. Um, <clears throat> that kind of leads into the next question. Uh, between in a fight between someone who misses ninety percent of their shots and someone who lands once a minute, how do you score the fight? <laughs> also from Gleb. Uh, in a fight between someone, uh, I think I don't know who who lands once a minute. I, I guess you could say like, okay, even if you threw a hundred punches around, mm-hmm. that's only ten shots landing to three. Jeez, um, I don't know. I think I think it's the one who lands once a minute, like. You didn't say what kind of punch they land a minute. So what if it's a haymaker once a minute? Yeah, that's I'm leaning. I mean, you kind of need a little bit more information, but I'm leaning toward the once a minute thing too. Yeah, I, I really don't like watching fights where someone just running forward and windmilling and missing everything. Oh, like Oscar Even Valdez. Though, yeah, sure. Oh, actually, that's he a, lands, that's so. good. Does he? Okay. I've only seen the one Valdez fight too. I'm I'm just beginning. Did you say that question was from Gleb? Yes. I like how somebody's trying to edit the. Is that you trying to edit the 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 document right now, or at least like I'm just like looking at it. Oh, okay. That's wait the pink cursor at the end of the fourth question. That says your name. No, well, it says my name. Oh, maybe, yeah, the pink maybe? one. No, I'm I'm I don't know I don't know. Move on. Your little gingerbread picture. Um, okay. Next question. Ooh, okay. I don't know about the fifth one there, but will we ever see a promoter? <laughs> it's about my go mom. The, yeah, it's about his mom. Will we ever see a promoter go the WWE route with more regards to content distribution? It's no secret that switching to the online network model has hurt their short-term revenue, but can they be better positioned for the future? Well, that's a well thought-out question. Um, I, I think, and uh, this is going to lead into the next question, uh, but. The problem with moving to a content distribution model the way the WWE has is that WWE has done something very specific, and that is that they've bought up all their competition and all the rights to air past fights. Because I think that's what you're talking about. If you're saying um, content distribution, the WWE network, um, that's, that's mainly what drives that network because you actually don't have access to watching live events. So the Raw, the SmackDown that you, you know and love, that's been around for you know decades now those you still have to watch on cable you can't watch on the network so the network is essentially like netflix you don't get live stuff and so for a promoter and top rank is planning this with uh they're planning this as part of espn's new um self-serve or not self-serve but their standalone um package deal that's going to come in the future with, with regards like if you notice all the 30 for 30s have gotten pulled off of Netflix and it's because Disney wants their own model. So I don't think this really could happen in boxing in a grand way. Like the only one that could make it worthwhile is Top Rank because of the long history that they have. You know, you can go back decades and decades and decades to show their fights. So the reason, so the reason basically is boxing is so fragmented and uh, I don't know that promoters always retain the rights to the fights. So that's another problem that you would see. So I don't see you having a service where every promotion and all the fights, basically all the fights that you can think of are on um, some sort of online 
like service unless everybody got together and i doubt that's going to happen they can't even get together to put one fight on mm-hmm. i will say that the walkouts are getting more like wwe with the uh the face mask from broner and then we got like aj like coming out in like ball of fire with his flaming name you oh know? jesus that and don't don't forget deontay wilder's mask danny garcia he's got a mask mm-hmm. um, oh d- wait what's danny garcia's mask he uses the one. mask from The Purge. I've never seen the movie, <laughs> but it's from The Purge. Oh, okay. So I already don't like it. Sounds good. Um, why is this one crossed out? What do you want me to ask that one? Is he even crossed? Yeah, ask it. Do I, do I don't mind like you question? asking the crossed out questions. I don't know who crossed about. Okay. Uh, what can be done to unify boxing, make it more like the NFL, and would this be good for bringing ba- boxing back into the spotlight? Well, it would have to. Boxing, in order to be more like the NFL, would have to be regulated by one entity. So it's a pipe dream because basically what you have in boxing is everybody's their own boss. Floyd Mayweather's his own boss. Top Rank's the boss of Top Rank. Or did I say Top Rank's the boss of Top Rank? I mean, Bob Aaron's the boss of Top Rank. <laughs> Oscar's the boss of Golden Boy. And so on and so on and so on. And so you're asking these guys to give up complete ownership in their... Uh, product you could say and it with the intention of having somebody else call all the shots that's not going to happen i don't see it happening because basically now you have to cut someone else in and while it would help the sport i think in the long run it would you're basically asking people to give up control and power and uh, basically a source of revenue which i don't see happening and a lot of interesting things could come of this, though. You know, like, if, if boxing fell under federal regulation, as in, like, the way the NFL or the uh, MLB is, there could be some real interesting lawsuits. And, and, and I, one of the things I was thinking about is, like, if somebody cheated in a fight, like, say, in the case of Margarito loading his gloves up, like, how punishable would that be if he's now, basically, now the federal government is behind the sport? I think it's an, it's an interesting thing, but I don't see it happening. Boxing is going to continue to live like this for the rest of its lifetime. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I was. I always think about like what would happen if there's like one main body, but I just don't know how it would ever get to that point. So I don't know how much it's worth to talk about it. Here's here's another thing. Okay, the UFC is owned by one entity, mm-hmm. and the WWE is owned by one entity. So in the WWE, it's a really um, nice case because they don't put on what fans want to see all the time. They don't have to. They know they're the only game in town. They put on what they care about. They put on what they think, and they don't put much effort into it because they know you're going to buy. So they basically figured out, okay, we have a model where we know we're guaranteed this much no matter what we put out. So we're going to put out who we want to put out and make the guys we want into stars. Those are going to be the stars. And it's, it's it actually doesn't help. And the same way with... Um, the UFC, I'm not the biggest UFC guy, but I do know that they don't put on the most competitive fights all the time. They put on basically what they know can sell. So it's a unified route has its downsides. Um, with no competition, you're not forced to do anything to push the, the, the bell or what push the envelope, I guess is what you say. Okay. Um, <clears throat> moving on. Has Zerto proven he can be an exciting champion and a draw? His performance as Jesse Hart was aesthetically pleasing. Hold on, pleasing. you skipped the question. 
Okay, sorry. I didn't know this was important. You're supposed to Glenn, ask all the questions. <laughs> Glef would also like to know if Leo lied about being a Marine and stationing an SK. So I don't know what SK is. My guess is a South either. Korea. Um, That's what I'm thinking. I, I've, I've met Leo before, and I, I will say that um, he doesn't like... There's certain military ways of being you have. Like one is like you're kind of rigid all the time. Like Leo doesn't have that. But um, I don't think Leo would lie about being a Marine. Like who would lie about that? Uh, I do want to know though if, 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 <laughs> if Leo does take a knee for the anthem. We'll have to ask him that. Yeah. You check his Facebook profile. If it says like I stand or something, then you have a good indication. I got a lot of people changing their Facebook pictures to like an eagle and it says I stand. Not me though. I don't change. What part of the country profile. do you live in? Alabama? I, we talked about this. I live in Twilight Central USA. Uh, that's a joke, but okay, go on. I'm going to text Leo. Do you, okay. do, you, do you stand or kneel for the national anthem? Ask him what his profile pick is. Has Zerto proven he can be an exciting champion and a draw? His performance against Jesse Hart was aesthetically pleasing, but left something to be desired when it comes to substance. The WBSS super middleweight bracket is underway, leaving Ramirez with a little in the way of valid opposition. What's next for him? And that comes from George. I well, George, it would be nice to know where you're from. And the I, jungle? <laughs> I think we should have put, told people to put where they came from and to put their question because there's Discord and then there's Slack, which are two different chats that we have. Um, I I don't know that he's proven to be an exciting champion in a draw. Um, maybe exciting, but not a draw. I don't know about that. You would think that being Mexican, he would be, but I'm not too sure right now. He wasn't even the headliner on that card. And the other thing is... Um, I agree that there was something left to be desired, and um, I, I would think that what's next for him is a rematch with Hart. I think the fight was close enough, and we know that Bob Arum loves to do those rematches, so I really can't see him doing much else other than rematching um, Jesse Hart and taking another long layoff. Okay. Uh, what, what will it take for Oscar Valdez to wake up in box smart? It seems like plan A, B, and C were all to get to KO. How far can he go with his guns blazing style? What is his future for the next two years, given how reckless he was on offense from Rick? Slick Rick. Uh, basically, it's like this. If he keeps getting the kind of opposition that he's gotten, this is going to work forever. Um, but if he were to fight somebody who was actually pretty good, so like Carl Frampton, Leo Santa Cruz, Valdez is going to lose because mm. that style is not sustainable. Um, because one, the moment he loses athleticism, he doesn't train as hard. He's going to gas out and get dropped. And two, he's there to be countered. You saw Cervania counter him. Mm-hmm. He gets countered like that with somebody who can actually punch. I mean, Cervania wasn't a big puncher at 122, okay? This is his third fight at featherweight. In his third fight at featherweight, he was able to knock down one of the world champions and a guy who had seemed to have a pretty damn good chin up to that point. So when that guy's dropping you... That says something about how open you are to being countered and dropped. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, was it just the one knockdown in that fight? I had to leave halfway through that one. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, it was just that knockdown. But he after yeah. the knockdown, he did look like he got hurt. Like, actually really hurt after that point. Oh, I didn't see that part. Um, <clears throat> moving on up. When, oh, when does Nioa anyway come out to beat the shit out of Valdez? Uh, that's also from Gleb. Gleb. Um, yeah. 
courses from Glib. Not happening. That's a, uh, that's a pretty big. That's basically asking in a way to jump up to, uh, eleven pounds. It's Monsters really coming. not going to happen. Oh, Gleb is asking a lot of questions here. Nonito Donaire, can he decision anyone in the top 10 now that he's lost his punch? No. <laughs> I just read the next question. <laughs> um, more questions about Roy featuring Amir Khan. Um, how anticipatory, anticipatory are you of CTE when watching a particularly one-sided fight, what are your thoughts on when to call it for fear of serious damage? I guess you do have, I guess, do you have anything more to say on what's already been said on this topic? Uh, whenever I see a guy getting seriously whipped for two rounds or more, I want them to call it. I don't want to see a guy die or become a vegetable live. That's from Tweed Glocks Ganja. Yep. Tweed's a good guy. Um, and I, I've looked at his questions here. He's asked a few really good questions. And this is one of them. So, CTE, um, so he's asking two different things. So CTE is long-term damage that isn't the kind of damage that leads to somebody becoming a vegetable, typically. What the, what the real danger of CTE is, is things like memory loss or mood swings, radical mood swings that cause people to do um, things that they wouldn't ordinarily do. So you think of somebody like Junior Seah, who had CTE, and, and had this experience, like, there was this, this thing growing inside of him that he had to put down. I mean, Seah, if you ask anybody, I don't know how close you follow the NFL, but um, Seah was a guy that everyone loved. And they knew him to be a good guy. And the guy ends up killing himself and shooting himself in the chest rather than in the head where people typically um, shoot themselves. Um, given I'm an expert on committing suicide all of a sudden. But... Um, <laughs> So he does that because he knew that his brain needed to be studied because something wasn't right. And so, and then you take a look at a guy like Chris Benoit who ended up killing his family and himself. Um, and they looked at the history and he had severe CTE and would combine that with the steroid use. Um, it was no good. And then Aaron Hernandez, the guy who's recently, he, you know, he was charged with murder, then kills himself in prison. Again, they found severe CTE. So it's it's the 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 damage from CTE is like it's long term and it's going to show up later on in life, not you know in the moment. Now, on the other side of the question, like, do I worry about that when I watch a one sided fight? Yeah, of course I do. Um, and I think in boxing, from what we can tell, at least I don't know that we've studied this for so long. It doesn't, it, it doesn't happen too often, you know? Um, at least we haven't seen it. We haven't seen boxers go on to do horrific things like these NFL guys have done or um, wrestlers have done. So, um, but as far as like when I see a fight that's where a guy's getting beat up pretty bad, um, I, I do think that they should call it. I think some fights should be called if uh, it's a little one-sided. Even if the guy's at least throwing punches back, I think at some point you got to say like, okay, let's... Let's give up this notion that taking a loss is such a bad bad thing in boxing. You know, you've mm -hmm. seen guys with losses, especially losses early in their career. Guys have a blossoming career, like Manny Pacquiao got knocked out twice before he arrived on the world level. Doesn't it doesn't hurt? Mm -hmm. So that's the Floyd uh, Mayweather influence, though. Bonus points. Do you know what CTE actually stands for? Cerebral um, CTE. Oh, you're already wrong. So uh, try again. Uh, uh, the C is for chronic. It's chronic um, something encephalopathy. encephalopathy. Okay. I, 
I'll give you like 60%. It's chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Do you know what encephalopathy is? (laughs) No, I'm not a brain surgeon. (laughs) It's a, I think, I believe it's a buildup of like ammonia in the brain. What's that doing in there? (sighs) Cleaning. Um, I'm going to jump down a little bit because it's another question by Tweed that kind of ties into it. Oh. And it says, are there any changes? Inflammation in the brain. Oh, okay. Are there any changes in boxing you'd like to see, either for entertainment or safety? Changes that can make ranking fighters less subjective slash more definitive? 10-round max, more judges, 20-second knockdown timer. Can be any small or game-changing? Um, so, wait, you skipped down a lot. Yeah, it's the very last question. Why'd you skip down all the way there? Because it, it's related to the, the oh, CTE question. I like that. Trying okay. to keep the theme going here. Okay, cool. Um, that's a good question. I think um, I, I was actually thinking about that uh, lately. A longer knockdown count. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I actually, when I thought about it, I think um, a, a shorter knockdown count would be better. Now you're probably Just, thinking, like, are you kidding me? You want a guy to basically get rattled and up and ready to go in six seconds? Yeah. So let's think about it this way, okay? The CTE happens from prolonged uh, head trauma. If you have 10 seconds to get up and maybe get your wits about you and survive around, you're basically subjecting yourself to more damage in the brain. But if you've been rattled enough that you can't get up in a short amount of time, say six seconds, five seconds, you shouldn't be allowed to continue because it clearly you were rattled to the point where you know you've been disconnected from all senses and i know that this is kind of a bad thing because it's like well what if a fighter is really hurt gets up at you know five and a half seconds they're wobbling all over but they're they're still saying they can go and they let them go well there's the same thing's gonna happen well that person was probably gonna get stopped anyway but it was a lot quicker you know if you get up and you're all wobbly at five seconds one hit's gonna put you down again so like you're saying one more hit compared to, say, four more rounds of prolonged beatdown. You know, I think it would, it would make f- also for more entertainment because you know how devastating a knockdown could be now in a fight. Because one knockdown could basically end the fight if it's a good enough knockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as ranking uh, to make it less subjective and more definitive, um, I don't think that there's a way to do that. I think boxing, and it's, you don't want to do that. That's what made, has made boxing, and the same with um, judging. You don't want to take out judging because that's what makes the sport the way it is. You can argue, and you can always, at, on some level, be right about whatever your argument is. You can argue to me right now that Golovkin won or Canelo won, and I can't tell you for a fact you're wrong other than to point to actually it was a draw. Like That's what it says on the record. Um, okay, this next question is very important. Why won't you get PS4 online, and are you scared to face whoever asked this question, which I'm assuming is either Tweed or Ryan? It's not Tweed, because I've fought him in Fight Night Champion. Oh, what's the record? Is it 2-2 still? It's 2-2. I have two knockouts. Okay, because I've only seen you lose twice, so I'm not sure. I'll have to confirm that with my sources. No, I've knocked him out twice. I saw you get slumped. You're playing Jacobs, I think, and you just got destroyed. Okay, but I was being Danny Jacobs, okay? The guy is slow... (laughs) I shouldn't be uh, be criticized for that. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, you skipped over the up? question that says, who's AJ going to sleep with next? I asked that question. That was me who asked that. 
and you skipped your own question. Well, what do you think? <laughs> Who's AJ going to sleep with next? Uh, your mom. Nice. I've noticed you always go back to the mom jokes. It's like you never quite got out of your 2000s era. <laughs> <clears throat> go on. Um, <clears throat> besides the four criteria for scoring, is there a way to standardize your approach to provide consistency or try to score how you think the judges will based off their past performances? Um, I don't quite understand that question. Um, is there a way you standardize your approach? Like for me? I think, I think that's what it's asking. Or do you, like, will you, when you're scoring a fight, you're like, oh, well, I know this judge likes fighters who come forward, so I'm going to probably give that round to them just so I can, like, kind of have a closer decision, a closer scorecard to what the final decision is going to be, no, which I don't think is, I don't like that. I, why would, so there are judges I don't agree with. I don't agree with scoring activity. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say, like, oh, we got three activity judges, so uh, I'm going to give an activity score. No, I don't do that. <laughs> I score based off of, um, like, I score based off of really, if I could really boil it down, and I know you're not supposed to do this, but like, who would I rather be at the end of a round? Mm-hmm. What is that, like a Max Kellerman quote? It is. But who nice. would you rather be? Because, you know, sometimes a guy will land 12 punches, but I'd rather be the other guy because he landed two and hurt the guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's just if you ask me. I'll take, I'll take 12 punches if I'm going to drop you any day of the week or at least get close to dropping you. So that's what I do. And um, I don't change how I judge based off of other judges that's um or even other fighters past performances oh actually i think maybe it's about fighters past performances but no you don't do that you just basically every fight is a vacuum you don't look at other fights mm-hmm. i don't do that for sure because i don't know what any of the judges scoring preferences are i don't i only know like one and that's because she said 118 110 so <laughs> She likes power shots. <laughs> or the better looking guy, I don't know. Yeah. She just likes the young cinnamon. Um has Chocolatino woken up yet, or is he still his step up? Uh I believe he's woken up. I think he's up. I think I saw a video. It might have been might have been photoshopped though. <laughs> um what are your thoughts on the rumor that Chocolatito's girlfriend ran off to bang AJ after he got knocked out? Is there any truth to it? Okay, so let's just think of the, the optics of this for a second, okay? Roman Gonzalez is like five foot three, five foot four. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing his girlfriend's smaller than him because, you know, 90% of the relationships in, on the planet feature a guy who is bigger than a girl. Mm-hmm. So if the girlfriend is smaller than Chocolatito, AJ 6'6", 240 pounds, five foot nothing, 100 pounds. That's, wow. Do the math on that one. I'm trying to find a picture of his girlfriend to see how tall she is, but I'm not very good at Googling, apparently. Well, I mean, it's not like Roman Gonzalez is like Brad Pitt. You can easily look up every girl who he's ever been with, you know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's not working. So, next question. When you consider past competitions, how is it that Errol Spence is considered so good but has a resume with much less quality than the other big names in the division? Um, I think you can see it. You recognize it when you see it. Mm-hmm. I think we all recognized it when we saw a young Floyd Mayweather. You just know who these guys are. The first time you saw Golovkin on, on HBO, you knew that this guy was going to be special. Um, 
Same goes for Andre Ward. The first time you ever watch him fight, you just know, like, looking at him, this guy's really good. You know, whether you agree with his style or not, you know, like, wow, this guy's, he, like, these guys aren't hitting him. And I think with Spence, it's that way. You could see, you can look, you can read between the lines with what he does with lesser opposition. And I think mm-hmm. you saw that with the way he beat up Kell Brook. And, I mean, I knew he was going to beat Kell Brook, but he beat them into submission. Felt so bad for Kell in that fight. There's two broken eye sockets. Well, you <laughs> Sucks know. Sucks to suck. Shout out to him for taking the, the, the tough fights. Yeah. I was glad when he took the knee. Tweet yeah. was too, so he didn't have any CTE. <laughs> uh, I like how you're mocking a serious <laughs> subject. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Um, okay, another serious question, probably from Gleb. Why isn't Gleb on the podcast anymore? Thinking face, thinking face, thinking face. He doesn't talk English right. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know how much I have to edit? Okay. Concise. I like it. Um, is Luke Campbell's Sheila the best ever? All right. Let me, let me tell you something. Okay. So um, about a year ago, we were talking about Luke Campbell, the podcast. And after we stopped recording, well, actually, I had to edit out uh, one of Jason's comments because I thought it was a little off base. <laughs> okay. About Luke Campbell. And then so I did some Googling and I'm like, uh-oh. Um, Jason might be onto something here. And then as I further Googled, I realized that he's married and has kids and stuff. And I looked at his wife and I thought, oh, she's kind of normal looking. Nothing special <laughs> or anything like that. Okay. And not, and she, she looked kind of like older. And I know Campbell's like 29 now, but she looked a little older. And I was like, all right, whatever. And I, you know, I was at the, the fight last week and I saw her and she is like really, really She's she's a beautiful girl, or woman, like she. The pictures don't do her justice. That's all I'll say. Okay, because I'm looking at the pictures right now, and I'm like, I mean, she she's looks, all right. You're right. She looks like a normal person. But it, it it you know she's definitely like wow. Like I was really shocked when I saw her. So good on you, Luke. But you're a good looking dude anyway. You you know you got money. You better have like if I look like you. I'd probably be dating Jennifer Lawrence just to piss off all you guys who like her. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Does Jorge Lin, is it Nares or Nares? Linares. Just sound it out, man. Does Jorge Linares sexiness affect the scorecard? What happens when a women <laughs> slash referee judge have to officiate the fight? 118. 110. Big problem here in boxing is sexiness sexiness mm-hmm. i like how it the, the problem is sexiness and you did not be sexist and say like women judging or something like that that's good no it's just the problem is the attractive males it's nothing nothing to do with the women okay so what happens when a women referee judge officiates this fight well what happens if a gay dude does what happens if it's a straight dude that appreciates a good-looking guy <laughs> yeah you know it's a good question i mean i think th- there was one really wide scorecard on that on that um for that fight and I think that might have come into play. But look, the question, I'll, I'll return it with a question. What's sexier, Lenora's face or his style? I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, next question. Andre Ward retires undefeated, healthy, number one pound for pound, two-division world champion, and all-time great super middleweight. Do you believe that he's done enough to solidify his legacy? Was there anything else you'd want him to do before retirement? If he comes out of retirement... What do you think he would plan to fight or who to fight? 
And why is he going to be Conor McGregor? I might have added. Jesus. <laughs> Took my answer. <laughs> okay. Um, he's done enough. Nothing else you'd want to see him do. It'd be nice. Like icing on the cake. Cherry on top. Beat Badu Jack. Beat Adonis Stevenson. And really, when people say like beat Adonis Stevenson, it's not to like get his title or anything. It's just like somebody needs to beat him. <laughs> And who better to beat a, uh, Stevenson than a guy who's basically the antithesis of him? Mm-hmm. You know, Stevenson's a pimp who spent time in jail, blah, blah, blah. Andre Ward, Olympic hero. Um, just a straight-up guy, religious, all that stuff. Just a good guy. So it'd be nice if th- that was the guy who beat Stevenson. But otherwise, there's nothing else he needs to do. Beating Kovalev was more than enough. Doing it a second time, that's the cherry on top. And um, if he comes out of retirement, I think it would be for, like, a, a McGregor-style fight. It's not going to be for a legit fight. Unless, like, some loudmouth guy like Golovkin. No, not Golovkin. But, like, some guy comes out to light heavyweight and Ward comes back to school him. But I don't see it happening. I don't really think that there's a big fight that is going to happen at light heavyweight anytime soon. That's going to d- draw Andre Ward out of retirement. Mm-hmm. I think he's done enough, too. I was... Kind of hoping he'd fight Stevenson, but I don't think he needs to. Maybe he can fight John Jones. I don't know if he can lay off, lay off the trend or something. Uh, John uh, Jones, if he can lay off a lot of things, driving, cocaine. <laughs> he's, he's got a few problems. Um, have you guys learned how to pronounce Nyoya Inua yet? No, I haven't. I say it the way you do. That I say it like that because I've heard you say it. That's the only reason. That's how I say it because I listen to the podcast and that's how you've said it. I think it's uh, Naoya Inoue. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to say it, but whatever. He's in not way. listening. He's in my way. Um, okay, Prime Mike Tyson or Jeff Horn? Uh, Jeff Horn every day. That's what I thought. Can't deal with the sting. Um, imagine a world where Mike Tyson and Custy Amato has never passed away. Would his career have changed? I'm sure it would have changed, but I think Tyson was bound to implode at some point. Um, you could just kind of get from his personality, his upbringing, um, that he was going to go this route. Um, Tyson, I think himself would say that I was, I would have been greater for a little bit longer, but it was all going to blow up. I mean, the guy had the world at his fingertips. He was the mm-hmm. biggest star, like maybe one of the biggest stars of boxing history. And I think at some point it was all going to blow up. Um, and Cus was an old guy. Like, what was he supposed to live to, 100? Yeah, I think they'd be more concerned that this guy's like 150 and still living. Well, I mean, Harold Letterman's still scoring cards, and he's like that old, so maybe. <laughs> um, what did Harry Fury prove on Saturday? Has he got any chance of coming back from Gleb? He proved that he can, uh, he can box. Not well, but he can do some things. You saw some really nice things from Huey. I mean, those are some of the right hands he landed. Um, the long-range right to the body was an interesting weapon that he used. Um, but unfortunately, what Huey uh, proved was that Huey was only interested in winning the fight based off of his standards. So you saw him fight in a way that convinced himself that he was winning, but really didn't do anything for anybody else. I mean, the reality is he just wasn't in reality and not really thinking that, oh, the way this looks right now is that I'm on the ropes trying to like protect myself against Parker who's coming after me. You know, he didn't do anything to upset or disrupt Parker. You know, each time Parker would adjust to whatever Huey did, Huey didn't do anything. 
When mm-hmm. Huey basically uh, took away Parker from standing in the middle and fighting, he didn't then, you know, take away Parker beating him on the ropes. So, you know, I think Huey proved that he's just not a smart boxer. Okay. Uh, we got more Gleb questions. Do you hate all Mexican boxers? And if you don't, give an example of one. A big fan of Oscar Valdez, for one. Big fan of Miguel Burchell. So the answer is no. Like, why would I hate Mexican boxers? Doesn't make I any sense. Know. I love Canelo. I I'm love, just here to ask the questions. I love Golovkin. I love Chavez Jr. Okay, I don't love Chavez Jr., but, you know, I'm amused by him. I love lots of Mexican. You know what Mexican boxer I don't like? Luis Neary. Why not? He just, he, so he, he goes and stops my guy, Shinsuke Yamanaka, <laughs> and then tests positive for a PED. It's like, dude, you were fighting a, a, a bantamweight who's over the age of 30. Did you really need to juice? Come on now. Hold on, my mom just hurt herself at work. She said she told me she hurt herself and cried, but I think I got it under control. I asked her what happened. Um, <clears throat> Aaron with Hearn, how soon will Danny Jacobs fight a top ten middleweight? Uh, twelve months time. Twelve months. Do you have a guess on who it's going to be? David Lemieux, probably next March. Is he going to get cerebrally assassinated <laughs> by Lemieux? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You saw what Lemieux did to Stevens. Yeah, Danny Jacobs is not Curtis Stevens. I'm sorry, but Jacobs can box. Jacobs knows how to put punches together. Mm-hmm. Not happening. Uh, the heavyweight division of the 90s is often considered the greatest time for heavyweight boxing with a vast amount of competition and legendary fights as well as fighters. How would the Klitschkos have done had they fought in the division then? From uh, Ryan Guido. Here's, uh, I guess... Uh, Maybe it's going to be a little controversial. I think they would have dominated even then. I think the Klitschkos had a style that would have worked in any era. There, and, and people you know, just think like, oh, well, Tyson was so explosive. Yeah, but the Klitschkos were designed, well, Vladimir at least, was designed to basically take that out of the, the, the fight and turn it into something else by smothering attacks and basically taking away uh, fighters' weapons. So they would have worked at any in any era it, and just their length alone and they both had good jabs the, that alone would have take carried them a long way i mean tyson's toughest fight up until the fight that he lost was against a guy who was much taller than him and had a good jab like okay so just imagine klitschko against tyson you know or i mean he asked about the 90s like john ruiz would have gotten stopped holyfield i think would have had a, a hell of a time with the klitschkos and it, again it just goes back to the jab the jab and smother, like it's 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 a tried and true method. It worked for Lennox Lewis, and it worked for Vladimir. And Vitaly was just tough. I think he would have scared most guys anyway. Okay. Um, I thought you wrote this question as an example, but apparently it's SKB. Uh, maybe. Okay. So he thought Luke Campbell was able to outbox Linares for the most of the fight. Linares showed he can't fight coming forward. Oh, I forward, did write this question. This was supposed to be the example question for people. Yeah, but he's trying to steal your credit. So No, you... I put SKB. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to push your credit onto him. Do you want to answer it? No, we. I think we addressed oh. this already um, against uh, when we talked. I mean, we addressed this in the first question. The question is about Garcia and Linares. Okay. Um, do you got any comment on Javonta Davis? And young black fighters who rise to fame too quickly and start to lose control? No. Okay. 
do you think Kovalev can gain back his crusher aura now that the division is open again? I don't think so. But what do you think? No, not at all. I think okay. um, once it's what once you quit, it's easier to do it again. This this isn't mm-hmm. just boxing; it's anything. You know, once you say it's okay to break your diet, it becomes easy to do it again and again and again. And I think once uh, Kovalev did what he did in the, in the in the the Ward fight and doubted himself and didn't want to be there. It's it's gonna come back. It has to. Okay, yeah, I pretty much agree with that. Uh, has Frampton really made the right choice with Warren? Warren can probably get him some big fights in the UK and has lucrative deals. But Hearn is moving into the US market while still having a strong grasp on the UK market as well. Besides money, what does Warren offer Frampton from Roger? I don't know half these people. I don't either. Um, Roger. Fake names. Fake names. I, I think it might be fake names, but I think. Um Al Heyman wouldn't have, um, and look, Al Heyman advised Danny Jacobs to sign with Hearn, but for some reason, he didn't advise Frampton to sign with Hearn as well. He he advised him to sign with Frank Warren. So my guess is there's something on the table which made this more lucrative and a better option for Frampton's career, because from what we've seen is that Heyman doesn't really care about anything other than getting his guys the best deals that they can get. So my guess is the guaranteed money from BT with the BT Sport deal combined with maybe a, a Josh Warrington fight, which is probably a winnable, a very winnable fight for Frampton, is what's driving this deal. And it's possible that the, the deal is short-term enough that the options that Hearn might pose are still on the table. And this doesn't take out a fight being with Frank Warren. It doesn't take out a fight with, say, Leo Santa Cruz, Jorge Lara, Abner Mares. So there's still a lot of good options there for um, Frampton. <clears throat> All right. I hope you're satisfied, Roger. Um, do you think Adonis will fight Jack or Alvarez? Who do you want to see him fight? And who do you think he'll actually fight? <laughs> Is there going to be a trilogy with Fonfara? <laughs> I think that was really funny when Badu Jack mentioned the trilogy with Fonfara after his fight. Uh, <laughs> I think he'll fight Badu Jack. Elliot okay. Alvarez will not get a title shot. Not anytime soon. And if he does, it won't be against um, Stevenson or Jack. I don't think is Alvarez that is that good anyway. That's all I got. Um, okay, so do you think Jack's going to be a dentist again or is Stevenson going to keep his teeth? Jesus, that's a good fight because like Jack kind of has, has improved his defense a lot, but he still gets hit. And he and it's there's like this period where he does have to get hit in order to establish uh, the inside. And if he's not careful, that left hand, I mean, it'll put anybody down. Yeah, is is Jack kind of chinny? He got knocked out once, didn't he? I don't know though. Yeah, he was knocked out him. once in the first round. Okay. But then he's he's over he's overcome that, and Jack's developed into a really good fighter now. Like Jack is legitimately one of the probably one of the top fifteen fighters in all of boxing now. Um. So. I think Stevenson's going to fight Jack. Jack might fight Alvarez at some point in the future, but I don't see Alvarez getting a title shot anytime soon. Okay. Um, oh, this is my question. Great question. Probably the best one here. Um, what's it going to take for Jeff Horney to live down his meme status after the Pac-Man fight? I don't, I don't think he could be any of the top competition in his division. Uh, do you think he just cashes out and fades away? So let me ask you, this is your question, but like, 
what do you when you say you think he just cashes out and fades away what do you mean by that i think he just like goes for like a unification fight with someone loses and then goes back to selling out casinos in australia <laughs> well that could be very lucrative <clears throat> yeah um first of all i don't think he's gonna live <laughs> i don't think he's gonna live down his meme status um because it's just going to morph. So let's say he does that. Let's say he, he does a unification with Spence. Mm-hmm. Spence is going to destroy him and make him further into a meme. Yeah. So I want to see that, though. So now he's basically, like, I, I mean, I don't know how he's a meme now. I guess he beat Manny Pacquiao but didn't deserve it. But now it's almost come to the point where everybody loves Horn to the point where they think he did. Like, there's just, like, this consensus that, oh, there's no controversy. Jeff Horn beat Manny Pacquiao. So um, I, I think he's uh, he's going to get a fight with Crawford at some point next year. And Crawford, if anybody could have him live down the meme status, it's Crawford. Because Crawford will just systematically beat him down and make you forget about Jeff Horn. Possibly feel bad about him. <laughs> and uh, you're just not going to make him a meme anymore. All right. Um, I don't think the commentary on the fight... How many? I don't know if there's like different commentaries, but the one with like the top rank was, they were doing him no favors. They kept every time he landed a punch, he'd be like, "Oh, that stings," and they kept calling him the oh. Hornet. They're just making oh so many God. puns about his nickname, and I think they they hurt him a lot there, in yeah. the meme department. I watched on ESPN. I know that, um, but didn't the top rank broadcasts? If you watched it, didn't that have the fight as close? Yeah, they were they were really into Horn the whole time. I think they had. They had it, like, horned by up one or two, maybe. I don't know. They gave a couple 10-10 rounds, so, on the oh, unofficial Jesus. scorecards. Jesus. Not a fan of 10-10 rounds. Um, Bud Crawford is no doubt close to or at the top, as I believe, of all pound-for-pound lists. He is set to move up to welterweight, make a run at that division next. How do you think he does? Which champions do, does he beat? Should he take a warm-up fight or just jump into the ring with a champion? Perhaps the best of both in a fighter like Jeff Horn from Ryan G. Okay, so um, Crawford's going to move to welterweight. That's, that much is confirmed. We do know he's going to do that. And um, I think he beats everybody. I can't see any of the champions really being a big favorite or like on paper when we talk about it, we'd be like, oh, yeah, Crawford has no chance. Crawford has something that... You cannot count out, and you have to give him credit for every single time. And that is the ability to look at an opponent and figure it out during the fight how to beat them. So even a guy like Spence, who's bigger than Crawford, is going to have trouble with Crawford. And he would not be a big favorite over him because Crawford just has that ability, like an Andre Ward ability. And so um, I don't think he needs a warm-up fight, but let's be real. He's with top rank. He's going to get a warm-up fight. And you're going to see him go through the Jesse Vargas's of the world. You'll probably see him fight Jeff Horn. Bob Arum has come out and said that. And anybody else that Top Rank has at welterweight, you know, that's what you're going to see. And um, uh, I, I don't see anybody really posing much trouble except for Spence. And, uh, and, and the funny thing is Crawford doesn't think Spence is the best welterweight. He thinks it's Keith Thurman. But I think Thurman is too wild for Crawford. I think Crawford would, could easily outbox him over 12 rounds. Mm-hmm. I love Spence. I want Spence to beat him, but I don't know. I'm just a, kind of a fanboy for Spence, so that's fine. 
Um, <clears throat> moving on. Geezers. Geezers of the heavyweight division. Is there anything left for Pavetkin, Brown, Briggs, Usinov, or Mansoor before they fade away? Um, I'm sure there's more PEDs left for Pavetkin. Mm-hmm. And He's going to have to share with second. Briggs. Wait a second. Has any of these guys failed or not failed the drug test? Maybe Mansoor. <laughs> I know the first three have for sure. Usinov, like, who cares? Um, and Mansoor, I don't think he's um, ever failed the drug test, but... Um, I don't know. No, there's nothing left for these guys. Okay, what do you think about what do you think about Briggs calling out Tyson Fury? Yeah, I, I would call out Tyson Fury too. The guy's like 500 pounds. Yeah, but if he like can lay on him, it's over. Yeah, but it's not a WWE, WWE fight. Well, maybe it should be. Fury would do great in that. If they could get him to go there, he would be absolutely fantastic. Uh. <laughs> Xyli Zhang just KO'd Paulie in one. Charles Martin did it in two. Does Zhang go four with Joshua when they meet in Beijing? Um, Zili Zhang will never get a title fight. How about that? Uh, I think you're wrong. Um, oh, we already asked the last question. Oh, we're done. That wasn't it. bad. I, I, you did. Well, um, you you had to change the the wording on some of these questions because uh um th- <laughs> frankly there are some questions that border on racist uh there's yep. there's some questions who uh just are just uh too much about um private parts mm-hmm. um so but otherwise this is your mailbag um episode and these are they i, I want to thank the people who sent in questions i want to thank um especially Tweed and Ryan who asked some great questions and Roger had a pretty good question too. I don't know who you are, Roger. Um, but next time if you guys could put your usernames here, it would be a little better or at least, um, uh, at least make it so that we know who you are. You know, Rick, George, you guys ask good questions. Um, Gleb did some good questions. You know, Gleb's questions were jokes, but there was a layer of, good question involved so we'll give him some credit uh any was there any question that you thought that you had an answer for uh no not really i mean most of them i kind of just agreed with what you said i trust you i think you you pretty much covered it wait you didn't you didn't disagree with anything i mean i didn't like want to like fight you after anything you said some stuff i might see a little differently but well you know you could say that you could say, like, well, you know, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I, uh, no, I don't really have a strong opinion about. Oops, I just messed that up. Don't really have a strong opinion about things enough to want to want to argue with you about it. Yeah, that's not how a podcast works. So, um, T Money's getting his uh, his training on the job here. Yeah, you're, I'm like you're... Wilder. <laughs> I'm just windmilling over here in the well, corner. Well, y- y- see. Wilder would have just went for it and been like, well, you know what? I, I disagree. And let me tell you why. Um, and you're, you're acting like actually Huey Fury where you throw out little jabs oh, here and there. I'm not. You're acting like Huey Fury. You know you are. You know what I do disagree with is, first of all, that statement. But I also disagree with Huey's choice of shorts slash skirt. Uh, I don't think it was a great look for him. And especially when it started riding up halfway through the fight, I thought it was really kind of gross. Yeah, well, it was, it was past his ribcage. cage. <laughs> 
<laughs> he was like getting a wedgie by from it at one point. I think. I mean, it was not good. You sometimes the ref has to intervene and adjust a guy's trunks. They did that with the that little short dude last night. His his pants were falling down. Yeah, but in this case, what like it's it's not common where the ref has to pull your pants down for you. <laughs> he has to you know get under your armpits and bring them all the way down. I mean, my, I wonder if those were just a size too small. Yeah, they're a short too. I don't know. I think he should just stick to some standard shorts, maybe. I I, I think he should uh, also commit to throwing punches. He could have won that fight. Two good tips for him. So if he's listening, he's probably going to perform a lot better in his next fight. I mean, I'm pretty sure he is listening. Shout out to Huey Fury, White yeah. Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Thank you, Gleb, for that one, White Muhammad Ali. Um. <laughs> uh, so good questions. Um, I hope the the answers were were good for you guys. And if not, you guys can always leave comments or just go to the Slack channel, go to the Discord channel. It's not hard to find them. Just message me if you want, and uh, you can get in on this action. We'll probably do these types of podcasts uh, maybe like twice a month, and um, just so we can build up good questions, and uh, we can we we won't have to ask some of the other questions like is my mom dateable? Who asked that? Well, you want to answer it now, now that we're on the subject? Dude, my mom is like 50-something years old. It's not a problem for some people. (laughs) She has five kids. Well, father figures need love, too. Oh, wow. That's uh, that's pretty (laughs) offensive. What are you trying to imply? (laughs) Nothing, dude. (laughs) My dad's not going to be happy to hear that. Well, tell him to take it up with my dad's. Your dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> plural <laughs> oh all right well th- before we uh we offend everybody let's uh call this a podcast uh leave us a rating or review on itunes you can talk to us in the discord talk to us in the chat you can message us let us know what you like what you don't like leave us a review on facebook it should better be a good review too or um become a follower on facebook or a friend or whatever whatever it is on facebook i don't know and you can also follow us on Instagram, where I post cool pictures all the time, or videos, mostly mm-hmm. of guys getting knocked out. Come in Slack and make fun of people with me, too. Slack is a good... Uh, just for the record, okay? Discord is cool for fights. It, it's usually pretty active on fight night, but Slack is where it's at. <laughs> that, that's, Slack's that's, the place to be. Yeah. T-Money's in both. I'm in both. Slack is more of a... I mean, Discord is pretty like discipline with whenever there's discussion it's usually unboxing slack is more of a everything is up for discussion but that's a story for another day we'll talk about that later so thanks for listening uh t-money thanks for coming on yeah no problem thanks for having me all right and we'll be back next week actually in a few days with our regularly scheduled podcast